You may be, a few of you may be familiar with this story, but I want to share it anyway. After one meeting, I was in love with Andrea Bornagrario. She sparkled. She was sweet. Andrea was striking. Straight blonde hair, deep blue eyes. When she talked, her body language, her eyes, her voice made me feel like I was the only one in the room. The way she said my name drew me to her. She was attentive to my questions, my ideas, and even my stories. I was in love, and it was what I told my mother as I walked into the house the very first day of school. Actually, it was my first day of school ever. I was in kindergarten, and Mrs. Andrea Bornegario was my kindergarten teacher. I loved school that year so much that on the last day, I was actually sad that school was over. I remembered the bus ride home, sitting next to an old wise sage. He was a second grader. I told him I was going to miss school. He told me something that I found very hard to believe, that next year that would all change. This would be the last year I liked school. The second grader was a prophet. From then on, right through graduate school, I was never again sad when school was over. Now, why did I feel that way? A little bit of the reason is kindergarten is definitely not as tough as first grade, especially with Mrs. Diltz. Only a few of you would ever know that. But the biggest reason was Mrs. Bonagrurio. You see, Mrs. Bonagrurio was a there-you-are person. Every day I was greeted with a smile. Those first few weeks of anxiety was dispelled as that sparkling voice directed me what was to going on and where to go. Mrs. Bonagrurio treated each one of us Though we were four- and five-year-olds, with respect, she made us feel glad we were there. When she seated us, she made us feel comfortable, relaxed, and ready to experience the best that kindergarten had to offer. A few years later, Mrs. Bonagorio got sick with cancer. And even though she wasn't my teacher, she still was a there-you-are person, even on her worst days. When her beauty began to fade and she was still teaching, she was a there-you-are person. She's been gone for years now. I've lived way longer than Andrea Bornegario. But to this day, 50-plus years later have passed, and I still have a warm spot in my heart. When I was thinking of sharing this, it actually made me a little sad, which kind of, I don't want to be a sad guy, but I can be sad. And it made me a little sad because she was such a there-you-are person, and there-you-are people tend to make us feel that way. In Mark 8.35, there's a quote from Jesus who sa- when he says, Forever, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for the gospel, the good news, will save it. And at first glance, you think that the person that would uh, lose their life actually would lose. But Jesus is saying the person that gives their life away, the person that's a there-you-are person, actually gains life, fulfills life. 
You know, and Andrea Bornegar is born, burned into my mind. Jesus was also a there-you-are person. On the night he was crucified, as he was hanging on that cross, we read from John, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, I can imagine it just stopped in his mind. He said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, his disciple took her in to her home. Even in the last moments, Jesus was a there-you-are person. When you and I come to know Christ as our Savior, probably many of us have in this room, a transformation takes place. Our lives start to center on Jesus. And as his spirit and he works his way into our hearts and transfers or transforms us, all of us should become there you are people. Even the introvert who stays in the shadows can be a there-you-are person. When you and I are a there-you-are person, our love, our actions, get burned into the hearts of those around us, pointing to our Savior. Jesus did that from day one. In heaven, foreseeing the future, knowing what life would be like, how everything would be unfolding, being a part of a creation existing before time itself. He was a there-you-are person and set things into motion. This week, our Jewish friends celebrate Passover. And if you recall, the reason the angel of death passed over the firstborn in the homes those many years ago was because of the blood of a lamb over the threshold. And all that points to Jesus being the Lamb of God who would ultimately sacrifice himself once and all for us. But all the way along, he was a there-you-are person. And then that first Christmas, he shows up as a there-you-are person, as a little infant born in that manger, ready to engage with us human beings, ready to become a human being and experiencing all the limitations, all the frustrations, all the temptations because he wanted to be a there-you-are person. Some of us will look at the story of Zacchaeus. Some of us remember that. Maybe in little Bible school, you know, a wee little man was he and climbed up a... Okay, very good. Some of you know that song. It's a top ten. But anyway, uh, he was a there-you-are person in that moment. Moment after moment after moment. So as tonight we... Mourn a little, but again, we know what's coming. My encouragement to you, my encouragement to myself, because we can all grow in this area, is to grow in being a there-you-are person instead of a here-I-am person. Let's pray as we prepare for communion. Heavenly Father,
Oh, again, how we are so thankful that your son is, was, forever will be a there you are person. And it's changed everything for us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.